podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello everybody and welcome to this, the latest episode of the Rewatch Project, where we will be talking about episode 8 of season 1 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's an episode called The Well. Uh, I think we're going to have quite a lot to say about this episode, so I dare say this will be a... um, just covering this one episode on this one uh, we're still figuring out the format of the show how many episodes we do per release but for now uh, we will be talking about the wealth no, first uh, directed by jonathan frakes uh, oh it is isn't it mm. okay gosh yes yeah, so, so that's one commander Riker from star trek the next generation and also a director of obviously lots of star trek to this day and i remember this? this being an excellent episode and i feel like this is probably a point where the series deepens the they get far more interested in giving you backstory on characters and linking it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well like using um, this particular episode, if we look at the plot summary it says um, Ward becomes exposed to a piece of Asgardian staff uh, sorry, a piece of an Asgardian staff which causes his worst memory to resurface. Yes. So they're tying it into Avengers and Thor and all that. And that idea—I mean, I mentioned before that whole uh, item forty-seven short that happened—and I think that one of the things that I think they leaned into a lot in these early episodes um, is the idea of people using leftover technology and kind yeah. of reclaiming leftovers. I mean, and you even see that in later films, like the, um, the um, Spider-Man Homecoming, yeah. uh, where Michael Keaton's character is like a, a guy who... He's, he's almost like the Marvel Cinematic Universe equivalent of like a 9-11 um, uh, you know, re- responder who finds all this stuff and uses it. And that's a recurring motif in these early mm. episodes, and it's one of them. Uh, so who wrote this episode, Hannah? Um, so aside from the the ones that are always listed, yep. as in Jed Whedon, um, Joss Whedon, etc., uh, Monica Owusu-Breen, uh, that's a hyphenated surname, uh, looks like she has very much a connection to... Lost, Alias, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Fringe, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Like producer for those, writer... Um, Charmed Charmed, as well. Buffy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so funny, very actually. much a weed-in connection there. Well, what we're seeing as well is She's that, written 80 episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how when you, we're seeing this sort of extended family of writers... Um, there are patterns. I mean, even shows that Whedon wasn't involved in, like Lost and Alias uh, and Fringe, you know, we're seeing coming up again and yeah. again, you know. So uh, so that's interesting. So, um, okay. Um, and um, this episode... Um, she wrote in seasons three and four of Fringe, which are arguably the strongest. Yes. So, uh, yeah, um, like, I, I remember this episode and I know it's... Excellent. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to rewatching cool. okay. it. Okay, um, I, I remember this episode in very broad terms, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, this aired um, on November the 19th, 2013. That was when it first came out. So this is, um, you know, gosh, nearly seven years old. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense, considering the show has just recently completed its seventh season. So what we will do is hit the pause button, and then we'll come back and do some non-spoiler thoughts. And uh, yes, so uh, enjoy. The epic adventure that began in Thor The Dark World continues in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. All new next Tuesday when the power of the gods Whoever wielded the staff got superhuman strength falls into the hands of mere mortals. It sets the stage for rage. Something's wrong with war. Tell me how to fix it. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Watch an all-new episode live next Tuesday at 8, 7 central on ABC. And see full episodes on Watch ABC Online. Okay, so we are back and we have just watched episode 8 of season 1 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Namely, the episode of The Well. So, uh, over to you, Hannah. What were your thoughts, uh, your non-spoiler thoughts, on this episode? I loved it. I thought it was such a good episode, it seemed sort of simplistic, like it had a very A to B approach to the story. There wasn't a lot of subtext going on, but um, 
it, you know, I'm I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I think it was really um, clear, concise. It gave you far more depth to Ward and May, who mm. for up until now they've just been the two badasses who can kick everybody into the ground. Yeah. There's not a lot of backstory to them. Whereas in this episode, I feel like they have become human. Um, and um, it was lovely to see, well, lovely is probably the wrong word, but to see that they've, they have demons and they are finding ways to cope with them every day. I thought it, linked into Thor 2 really nicely and yeah because Thor the Dark World is one of the kind of forgotten MCU movies yeah, in a lot and of ways we both on rewatch um, sort of thought it was far more significant than we initially yeah, thought yeah because I mean there's Thor the Dark World um, so it gets called back to a lot in yeah. um Infinity War yeah. and Endgame. But but what I'm getting at, though, is that, that Thor The Dark World and um, Avengers Age of Ultron, and there's, uh, and I think Iron Man 3 as well, you could probably bundle in with those as well, as, mm. as these sort of quite dismissed films that... Um, it's kind of funny. I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day where they referenced uh, the Marvel films, and I think this was a really good point, was that... We live in an age now where everything has to be either amazing or shit. Mm. There's no in-between. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I, I grew up on shows which, like um, genre shows, like the original 1970s Buck Rogers mm. and Battlestar Galactica, which, if you look at them critically, they're shonky, but they were enjoyable. Mm. And I think that now, because of the... Um, how spoilt we are with the quantity and quality of, of content we've got. I mean, Christ almighty, we've got shows like, you know, if you look at something like The Mandalorian, on, that's a TV show, but it yeah. looks like a movie. Oh, it's amazing. You, you know, yeah. we're, we're so spoilt that what happens now is that if you have a Marvel film that isn't Infinity War mm. or isn't uh, Avengers Assemble, well, it's shit. Mm. You know, if you have a film like, Thor The Dark World, which isn't the best Marvel film, or Age of Ultron, which isn't the best Marvel film. But if you but look at them... it's still a good film. They're still really mm. solid, enjoyable films. Mm. No, they're shit, because they're not mm. amazing. Mm. And I think that um, it's interesting to look at them sort of within that context. But you're quite right, is that one of the reasons why I, I like to... And I'm, this, is, this is kind of, I suppose, an act of pedantry in some ways... But one of the reasons why I always like to talk to mention at the beginning of the show um, the the date that these shows shows aired mm. is that these were designed to be watched when they aired, yeah. which was in relation to those shows and uh, to the movies that were coming out. In this, like for example, we had the um, we've had episodes this season. I mean, the pilot episode of this season obviously came was a follow-on from the first Avengers film, like Coulson yeah. dying and coming back and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and then we've had episodes which have referred to Extremis and those elements that were introduced in Iron Man 3. Mm. And now we've got Thor The Dark World. So what you can see here retroactively, but obviously at the time, is we're moving through phase two of the MCU, so this mm. is kind of like an adjacent path, like an adjacent storyline, and I, I like think that that gets lost maybe a little bit on rewatch because you're not watching them alongside. If you're watching the show for the first time, even if you've seen the MCU, it might movies, it might not be immediately obvious that this is relating to a certain film. But obviously, if you when you watch these shows when they came out, you had probably gone to see that movie at the cinema the week before, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. goes on, obviously the connection to the MCU is still there, but it's not quite as overt as it is in the first season. Well, it, by that point, it's and, created its own mythology yeah, to fall yeah, back on. Yeah, um, yes, it, it's got enough in the bank that 
they don't have to rely so heavily on what's going on in the films. But um, season one particularly has a very strong tie-in. Yeah. Um, and, And that's not saying that that's a bad thing or that the later seasons suffer from not you know, tying into no, but it's, it's a fair observation. So but yeah, it, it's it's very noticeable on rewatch that they are making particular effort to keep the continuity between movie and TV, um, and keep that that story thread running um, between the two universes. Well, it's um, all they've got yeah. at this point. I mean, and it's interesting. A good point of comparison of that would be. Um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, because if you look at that, the pilot episode of that starts with um, all of the Borg stuff from The Next Generation. Yeah. And there's loads of callbacks to that show because it wants to remind you it's in that universe. But by the time you get to season two and three and four of Deep Space Nine, it's already got enough of its own mythology that that's the folklore that it's calling back to. It doesn't yeah. need to... Um, kind of lean on this other sort of like sister show. So, um, cool. Okay, uh, what else you got, Hannah? Um, well, a couple of little things. Um, I thought Coulson was at his quippy best. Yeah. Um, paid, uh, I wrote down um, his quote of see what I did there when he was talking about digging something up. But I love the fact that he says it like really like grimly. real straight yeah. yeah it's almost as though he's he's so his quippiness is such an assimilated part of his personality that it's not even pandering it's just who he is mm. at this point um Hannah's leg of beef for uh this episode where are the diamonds what did they do with the diamonds <laughs> yeah 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 um there was a really little chainsaw for a big fucking tree. You know what? I would not have thought that if it wasn't for the fact that you and I were at the beach a few weeks ago with our kids and we saw a guy <laughs> chainsawing up. And I'll tell you what, chainsawing's not as easy as it looks. No. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it, it was, was a, like... It was movie chainsawing, it, wasn't it? It was so movie chainsawing. Yeah. But then again, I mean, it's not like if you're the producer... Of an episode of Agents of Shield, it's yeah. not like you're gonna go, guys. You know what? I think this scene would have a lot more integrity if we actually if you spent, spent three hours yeah. chainsawing the yeah, tree. Yeah, because you know <laughs> th- that's real, man. That's like you know we need we need a twelve minute chainsawing sequence in this yeah. just to bring it you know make it make it, give it resonance. Um, I thought Ward's comment to Simmons um, when she's about to walk up the tree, "I'll catch you if you fall." Um, was a really nice... So he's kind of taking that big brother role with her. Yeah, but they trust, haven't they? Yeah, but, like, given what the episode is about and his the the memory that comes back to him is a, a brotherly connection, yeah. um, and I, thought, I thought that was a really nice tie-in. I'd mis- I realised as well that I'd misremembered this episode because... I thought that they, and I'll be very careful, I don't want to be spoilers, but I thought that they told you more about that in this episode. I did too, actually. Because, um, yeah, I probably shouldn't say any more than that, but this Mm. episode um, alludes to certain things that I remember it going into more detail about, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, I... I had to say I I related so hard to Simmons' tearful eyes when Ward like is in his rage mode and kind of tells her that she talks too much and and she's shit and um she'll ha- he'll have to save her again. Yeah, because you know that, um, that that's how she thinks about herself. Yeah, and and she's trying so hard not to take it personally. Um, it just like I, I just I can fully relate to that. Like, um, you know, when someone's having a go at you and you're going, "It's not about me. It's it's just just a bad day." Yeah. Um, but you're a vulnerable often, human being. Quite, who well, you quite often think things. about that with with our kids. You know, when they're telling you that to go away or they don't like you or whatever. Um, and I'm with them all the time. I'm like, you're right to think that, child. What? You are an exceptional judge of character. What, that they don't like me? No, me. Oh, you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not all about you. 
<laughs> Isn't it? Oh, damn. Uh, well, it, it, okay, it's mostly about you. Um, what else did I think? Well, tell me some of the things you thought. I've got loads. I mean, I'm just... Well, come on. I'm just being considerate. I've I, I recently edited the last episode, and I was just such a over-talking, interrupting mess, and I think I'm, I'm probably overcompensating for that. It's, uh... Right, well, maybe let's have some back and forth. Okay. First things first is that, um, as you've, you've mentioned, um, the... The setup of this episode is that they're basically they're doing the cleanup from Thor: The Dark World. Mm. So this is another example of the the early season one kind of propensity to getting back to. And I think this might be a pitch thing because all shows are pitched to networks. And I get the feeling that um, something that was central to the pitch of this show, which you know may or may not continue, is the idea that. You'll have all the big events in the movies, and then Agents of Shield is the it's for jizz moppers. Mm. Basically, they have to go in and they they fix everything afterwards. Yeah, and this is another example of that kind of item forty seven thing of um, right. This huge budget thing has happened in the show, so somebody has to deal with this, and that's mm. a popular thing. I mean, um, the. Um, the, the most recent Star Trek TV series, Star Trek Lower Decks, mm. is that conceit, is the idea that you've got the big heroic things that happen in the movies. Well, you know, how does the, how does the admin work mm. after that? You well, know? I mean, Daredevil worked in that respect as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. In the MCU. Yeah, it was like, oh, you do all your, your shit, and, mm. but we've got to live here. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got to live with the consequences. Yeah. So this episode is very much in that world. And um, another thing that this episode touches on, which is, I mean, I've mentioned before this idea that, that um, all of the subtextual, the themes of the first season uh, or of this show, we've mentioned before this idea of, um, you know, family, marginalisation, um, what it would feel like to live in a world where suddenly there are superheroes. What does that mean to the other 99.999% of the world who who aren't superheroes. And I think what this episode talks about is the element of that that this episode shines a light on is the idea of what happens when myth becomes science. Yeah. So the idea that... Um, and, we, and there's lots of ways that this has been explored in pop culture, whether it be, um, you know, Egyptology... And the idea that maybe that they were aliens. In this case, specifically, what this episode kind of uh, posits is that um, aliens came to Earth, you know, a, um, a millennium ago. Uh, they were perceived as gods because that was how you would perceive these people. Um, that became, you know, Norse um, mythology, and. Um, but now we've realised that that they are actually aliens. Now, this is another great example of what a TV show can do because of the time luxury that it has that films can't, is that that's kind of touched upon. Like in the movies, you've got like um, uh, Natalie Portman, Stella Starsgaard, and um, who's that chick from Two Broke Girls who's in the Thor movie? Yeah. Um, sort of saying, oh, oh hey. Mick Quipperson. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, they'll say, like, oh, we thought you guys were gods, but you're actually just aliens. Now let's move on because we're a movie. Mm. What Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does, and this episode is a great example of that, is that it explores that. It's the fact that there'd be lots of people who are actually quite upset about that. So, I mean, what you've got is, I mean, imagine if um, if aliens came down to Earth now, mm. what that would do to religion. Yeah, absolutely. Because the whole idea is... Cat you know, Dennings, by the way. Cat not... Dennings, yeah. yeah. So the idea that, you know, um, man is made in God's image. Yeah. Well, what would happen if we found out that man isn't the only thing out there? You mm. know, that would... And, and, I, and I think that this episode is, and not for the last time, kind of picking at that. So what you have here is kind of like this movement within the story of the episode of like this sort of like Nordic uh, fundamentalists who are like, um, you know, you would have that because, mm. um, and, and spoiler alert, because we will probably cover this show at some point, 
Babylon 5 does a little bit of stuff about this as well. Yeah. This idea of like aliens and are they aliens? Are they angels? Is it religion? Is it, you know, all this kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And I think that there's some, some interesting stuff going on in this episode where what they do, and this is very emblematic of the show, is say, okay, well, um, Thor and Asgard, you know, the Asgardian world comes from Norse mythology. But in the Marvel universe, well, they're essentially aliens. Mm. Um, but we've had, th- you know, 2,000 years of these people being viewed as a mythology, um, sh- that would cause some shit yeah. if that was suddenly revealed. And I think that this episode um, it does some interesting stuff with that. Mm. Um, I also like that we've got, we've got a guest star here, uh, Peter McNichol, and he is, um, he's definitely one of those, it's that guy from that thing, actors. So him and he's known from, you mentioned Hannah, obviously, uh, Ali McBeal. But uh, he, he he will always be Ellie McBeal for me. Yeah, um, because he was he was one of the main cast members through the whole thing. He was in 103 episodes. Yeah, I mean, I, I know him, and a lot of probably very geeky people listening to this will know him from Sophie's Choice Veep. But also, I mean, he was the lead in Dragon Slayer, a great. Uh, one of the great underrated sword and sorcery movies from the 80s. Mm. Ghostbusters 2 as well. Um, he's a great face, and it's nice to see him turning up in this. Um, but and there's also some interesting stuff here, and this is a very Joss Whedon thing. Um, well, actually, it's also just like a genre TV thing. Like You even saw this in um, like the original 60s Star Trek where you'd get the... you know. Kirk gets split into two people and you've got the evil Kirk. In this episode, one of the things that they get to do is you get the kind of, you know, Ward gets all roided up um, and, you know, uh, gets to be slightly evil. And, um, like, there's a, there's a nice little moment. Uh, I think this is probably one of the key character moments in these episodes is when um, he's he's all... He's in the zone. It's a little bit like in... Um, the first Avengers movie when they all come into contact with Loki's staff and they it makes them all... It's a bit like the Ring of Power in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It kind of turns you into a bit of a dick and you get a bit of a... You get a bit of an evil chubby kind of going on. And um, <laughs> in, in this episode, the way that that manifests itself and the way that that aggravates and illuminates the, uh, the character relationships is when um, Grant says to uh, Fitz... Oh, am I going to have to save her again mm. for you? So that kind of contentious point of the kind of hero jealousy and the sort of chivalry jealousy that Fitz like, has got going on that that the, there's a light shone on that again. Yeah, yeah, it it was a bit like someone who had a couple of drinks too many and says the thing that they've been thinking yeah. for ages, and that everybody's been kind of thinking, but, but are too polite to yeah, talk about. Well, yeah, but. The thing that they've been thinking for ages, but knows isn't really the case, but yeah. wants to say it because they know that they're going to cut them deep. They know it's a pressure point yeah, yeah. for that person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't actually think Ward believes yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. I just think he knows that that's a way to piss yeah. him off. Yeah, it's like, that would be the sand in the Vaseline for you if yeah. I wanted to kind of go yeah, that for route. for sure. Before we get into spoilers, a couple of other little moments that I uh, enjoyed yeah. is... Um, I like the moment where, um, and this is a real MCU thing, and actually just a, a geeky TV thing, is you've always got the classic scene where someone's trying to burn off steam and they're hitting the punching bag and someone's mm-hmm. coming in to try and talk and they're like, hey man, you don't get it. And there's a, there's a scene in this episode that does that where um, Grant's obviously, he's like I say, he's, he's all kind of like just roided up mm. and um, May sneaks up on him and interrupts him and then he gets punched, and he's like, you should be more careful. And I love the way she's like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, she's just like... Don't worry about me, uh, uh, my, my, my young friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, like, she's not remotely worried. No. <laughs> with, like... Yeah, I like I noticed that as well. I thought that was good. Um, I like the fact that in this episode, they have really tried to um, show that Ward is human and fallible, yeah. and he has things... He has an Achilles heel. It's just not what you'd expect it to be. Yeah, because he's always been shown as being like the together guy who shines a light on other people's fallibilities. Well, he's kind of like and, James Bond. You yeah. know, he's the good-looking, smooth, get-it-done kind of guy. Yeah. 
um, whereas actually there's a lot more bubbling beneath the surface and he has stuff that can trigger him, but we haven't been a party to that yet. So mm. that was that was really. I mean, I mean, to, you, to use the, I mean, to to put this in to uh, like Whedon verse terms, he's angel in a lot of ways yeah. in this show, isn't he? And, oh, he so is. And and like I, I like the fact that um, there's a really nice scene where Ward kind of um, shares um, in a moment of kind of uncharacteristic vulnerability, shares his concerns with Coulson that he's worried that he can't trust himself. Yeah. And what, what Coulson says to him that's interesting is th- the the very fact that you're worrying about this mm. tells me that we don't need to worry. Yeah. You know, the, the very fact that you are have enough self-awareness to be asking these questions means you're okay. Yeah. And I think that's a um, an important scene. Yeah, for sure. I one other thing before we get into spoilers from me. I don't know if you've got anything mm-hmm. else. I have a surprising lack of spoiler stuff. Actually, there's, a, um, there's an I've, incredible I've, amount in this. I've only can... I've only got two spoiler yeah. things, which yeah. is odd actually, considering. But Can, well, we'll talk about it. We'll yeah, talk about yeah. It, yeah. Um, I I just it was a very passing comment, but I just put how convenient that they bump into the professor when he's holding a piece of the stick. Yeah. Um, for the bad guys. It was just like, I know it had to be designed that way and they um, had set it up that they were looking for the piece, yeah. but it was it it was so like, is it raining? I hadn't noticed. Yeah, and that's a bit of a leg of beef. Yeah, moment. yeah. And it's interesting as well, and I will point this out because it just in the name of fairness is that um, I've been a, a real zealot about uh, singing the praises of the old school, you know, 24 episode standalones, all those yeah. kind of things, you know, and, and, you know, talking about what an achievement it is that they can make so many of these fuckers, you yeah. know, every year. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, in the name of even handedness, one of the downsides of these types of shows is that kind of thing that you just pointed out is that sometimes. You know, you, they can be a little bit clumsy because they they have to make these things pretty quickly. Yeah, and they're like, okay, well, we need this character to do. They this need thing. to be here at this yeah, time yeah. and so, this place. Um, yeah, they'll hand wave things. Yeah, and and again, just in the name of, of full disclosure and fairness, you do get the downside of it is is that you do get moments where you're kind of like, yeah, okay, oh well, whatever, you know, and you can hand wave it because of all of those reasons. But it's and fair, th- it's fair to point that out when yeah, it does occur. Yeah, for sure, and I think. Also on rewatch, um, it's probably easier to let those things go because because you know we have 154 episodes to watch. Yeah, um, and you know you know that it, it's just one small it means less. moment. W- w- yeah. when when you've waited two years for a season of Better Call Saul yeah. and there's eight episodes. Those eight episodes better be fucking flawless. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's a Every different... Every ex- part of it must yeah, be significant. Yeah. There is no excuse. Yeah. Um, but whereas, you know, when you make 25 of these every year... Yeah. Uh, ...for half the money, um, all right. <laughs> it's, it's okay if you kind of fluffed it. Yeah, yeah. For but, yeah. you know, there's... The, like it I doesn't say, mean to say we haven't noticed. It's, yeah, it's it, just it, that we yeah. don't care We are much. not ignorant of those shortcomings. Yeah. It's just that when you weigh that shit up and yeah. when you're... And I think a lot of it is down to... It's how you're consuming it. Yeah. And the way that we're consuming for sure. it is... Yeah. Um, like a comic book, you know, is, is that these aren't novels. Better Call Saul, The Sopranos, um, the, um, the Wire, they're novels. Mm. This is a comic book. I, I sort of feel like um, certainly in episodes to come, there is stuff that annoyed us first time around that I don't think is going to this time. Yeah. Um, purely because we know that we've got another episode to watch however soon we want to watch it. Like this we don't have to spot. wait for anything. I, I think we have found the viewing sweet spot for this show. I would say that if you, as a listener, because we're, we're putting out now, and I've kind of, we, we've been doing this show now, this um, rewatch project, long enough that I've kind of got a sense of, of what the rhythm of the recording and the release of the show is. 
And basically... We- it basically works out um, when Mike and I decide that We've had a really hard day, and we need to have a glass of wine. It's well, it's it's well, podcast. Yeah, but, 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 <laughs> but, but what that is leveling out as is we will release an episode of this a week. Yeah, and I think that Agents of Shield is a great two episodes a week show. Oh, do you now? Oh no, I said two episodes a night. You're saying two episodes a week. Yeah, yeah. I I would still. Am I off the hook? I would still say two episodes a night. Yeah, but um, but I, I, either way. But, 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 but if you're not slamming it, then yes. No, but we're we're, we're kind of agreeing in broad terms, yeah. though, because I it's, think it's basically not, what we're saying is more than one a week. It's not a one a week show, no. but it's not a five a, a night like Lost or a you show where you've just got to get it into your veins. Well, you you know? can't because they're an hour each, so. You know, you can't do five. It's five hours. You just... Well, they're 40 you know, minutes each. Yeah, well, actually whatever. Like, but, like, if you have a life, you just can't yeah. do that. No, but, but the show doesn't doesn't provoke that response. No, no it It's doesn't. not a um, chasing information it, show. It does in some points, um, but not consistently. No, yeah, no, but that's that's a, like a natural momentum. But we're getting yeah. into slightly spoiler yeah, talk yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, um, Another thing I was trying to mention as well was that um, I like the idea of the um, the the illusion to May seeing darkness as well, yeah. like the ring of this goes back to the ring of power thing as well. The fact that that um, it's you get um, there's another moment in this episode near the end, obviously, mm. where they are. Um, reminding the audience about the fact that there's a reason perhaps to be suspicious about the way that um Coulson returned yeah. from what from his yeah. quote death uh, but also there's more of a reminder that there has been some kind of formative incident in May's past as well yeah. Yeah. Um, that they've yet to explore. Mm. Um, and that kind of merges with... Um, with, uh, And we can talk about this now, actually, openly, with Ward, where this goes back to your whole thing about them being the parents. Yeah. And there and the, being, a, a, I suppose, a sexual element to that mm. as well. At yep. the end of this episode, you see that, obviously, there's, there's some kind They're of... They're about to the, go and fuck the demons away. Yeah. Um, yeah. um, but there's the fact that it's an uns- it's an unspoken thing, like the way that they sort of have yeah. that kind of social interaction, that exchange, is kind of symptomatic of the fact that these guys have always had a shorthand, and it's like they're they're very different people, and in some ways, she, well, in many ways, she is obviously much more mature than Ward, but they are both soldiers. And they're, so very, they have they're a, both an very much uh, compartmentalised stuff. So um, yeah. having a physical relationship um, is their way of just... It's an outlet. Putting, ...putting that emotional stuff in a box and forgetting about it because they're not emotional about each yeah. other. They so for this one they hour... Don't, they don't will... love each other. They don't, they don't even fancy... Like, it's not like they're super attracted to each other. It's just... It's functional. Yeah, it's so functional. They they recognise a need in each other. They don't hate the look of the other person. Yeah. And it's kind of like, just take my mind off well, what is going through my head for however long. It's, like a, it's almost like a hard drive just dumping data. Yeah. To, because it has to to yeah. move to, to be able to have room for yeah, all yeah. this other stuff. Before we say farewell, um, not only for our review of um, this episode, but also for this episode of the Rewatch Project, we um, <laughs> should probably sum up. So, what were your thoughts on this episode, Anna? Um, I loved it. I would give it a nine out of ten. I thought it, the writing was excellent. I thought the premise of the episode was great. Um, it worked on both a standalone level and a moving the story forward yeah, level. They're X-filing this shit at this yeah, point. Yeah, um, which 
I like it seems like a simple episode, but I think it's incredibly difficult to craft it. So you've got to give a lot of props to the writers for this, I think. Um, I thought it was Ward's, uh, Brett Dalton's best episode. Yeah, he's really good in this. Yeah, he really brings it. And um, I think that's something that, because um, I, I know in the pilot I said, I like when I listened back to the episode, I said that he's fine for the role. Mm. Um, he's kind of a, a bit but, of a revelation. Yeah, in the yeah. Rewatch. But what I meant is, um, he's he's what the role needed, but he really, as the series progresses, he really does find his groove mm. and. He is a bit of a dark horse. He's a hidden gem yeah. in terms of acting. Um, and, yeah, you, you're you just starting to get an inkling of that now, um, which is great. And it was it was a pleasure to re-watch, and I really enjoyed it. What would you give it? Yeah, no, I agree. I think this episode is, it was really good. And I don't... I, and I... I don't know how much of this is a rewatch, um, knowing what's coming kind of thing. It's very difficult to separate yourself out from that. Mm. Uh, but I agree. I think um, the big surprise for me, rewatching these early episodes, is not only how just how good they are, but um, but Brett Dalton, he's he's really good in these. And I mm. don't. Re- I remember just thinking, yeah, you know, you're like you're you're the Lunker character. But no, I thought it was a really good episode. I think it had a lot of kind of hidden depths to it and I think it was quite uh, there, there was a level of sort of sophisticated subtlety mm. in the in the episode that I think that and I don't think this is a rewatch thing I think part of it as well and it's going to be interesting to get your perspective on this moving forward particularly when we, when we move on to other franchises is that when you podcast things mm. it affects the way you watch stuff it's a little bit like um, homework yeah. in the sense that um I think that when you're watching something, knowing that you're going to do a podcast about it or write a blog about it or have a or publish a review about it, it changes your relationship with the thing that you're watching mm. and it makes you watch it in a whole other level. Like oh, it makes you watch you, it far more critically. Yeah, the the, the mm. phone is down when you're watching something, you mm. know, like that. And and I think that and, and it and also because you, you start to know how you 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 start to understand what your uh, your voice is in discussion. You you start to hear that when you watch it, and I think that that creates in some ways a more rewarding experience. That's interesting you say about about that because um, there were like because I do have my phone up and I'm taking notes while we're watching just so I don't forget you know, my thoughts on various bits and pieces. Um, and there were probably three or four points in this episode that I did honestly think I'd really like to just put my phone down and watch this because yeah. I'm enjoying it. It's really good. Yeah, welcome to 15 years yeah. of Chester Rickovers. But I mean, I remember... But like I, I, like, I think that's a good testament to the episode that... You want to make, remove the homework yeah, element. It, it makes you want to just watch yeah. it. You're like, I'm it, just enjoying this. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't so, want so to have to write down... You don't want to have to yeah. take notes. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, even though you know you're going to have to talk about it, you just want to watch it yeah. because it's it's good. It's a good episode yeah. and it's it's fun, it's engaging, it's interesting it is um intelligent there's there's so much in there um i feel like such a zealot but i really enjoyed it no i agree okay well um we will um in a moment take a short break but what i would like to remind everybody is um a couple of things first of all um we have a a twitter uh account now oh my gosh we do um it's, uh, this is not run by me. No. Uh, well, it's, it's so funny as well, because the way that we record these episodes, I'm not going to pull the curtain back too much. But, um, you know, you might be... you might, uh, the big, Where we were 
in the production of this podcast mm. at the beginning of this episode and where we are at the end is very different. So, yeah, so we have a Twitter account. It is um, at rewatchproj. So that's the word rewatch and then P R O J. We already have followers. I've put it up. It's really incredible. cool. Yeah. We also have uh, an email address, and I did notice that we have had emails, but we will we will cover those on the next episode. Um, and uh, that is rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, we are on other platforms as well. We are on the brand shiny new. This has uh, literally only been up about the last week. Uh, Amazon now have a podcast uh, platform. Oh, right. Um, it's Amazon Music, uh, and they have a, a podcast platform. And um, we're also on Stitcher. We're on um, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, um, Stomp Stamp. All the fucking... And we're on Anchor FM. Um, we're at Anchor FM, yeah, that's where you can find us. But to be mm. honest with you, what I would suggest is um, if you want to contribute to the podcast um, and actually make a difference, the best way that you can do that is... There's so many different ways that you can find us, but if you um, download us from uh, Apple Podcasts or you know iTunes as it used to be, but... Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts as it is now if you could give us a review on that um, even if you don't download us from that um, if you go to our show notes if you look down at your phone now um, there will be a link to our Apple Podcast page if you just click on that and if you could just give us a review what that does is it pushes us up the pages this is how we got our listeners on Chinstroker versus Punter was by right. pimping this and what happens is if you get a lot of reviews um, you get on the front page, and that's basically how people, for the most part, find podcasts is through Apple Podcasts or iTunes. So, um, if you want to, if you want to support the podcast, if you want to, um, if basically, if you want to ensure that we keep doing this, the easiest way to do that is to go on Apple Podcasts and just give us a review, I mean, even if it's a shit review, it doesn't matter. Well, we've got 154 episodes to do, so like. You know, yeah. we're going to be doing it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, there might be runs of the show where we'll be like, right, okay, let's squash these ones together. But there's, there's so many <laughs> different ways that we can do it. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but, um, but you know, we're, we're on a roll. We're just watching the show and talk about it afterwards. So um, if you could do that, that would be great. So follow us on Twitter. Um, um, if you could give us iTunes reviews, that would be a really big help. Um, but it's nice. Every episode that we've put out um, has been downloaded by... Um, you know more people than the one before um and we're not we're we're gaining listeners we're not losing listeners and we um, so appreciate it yeah uh, but but really i think that i mean if i cast my mind back to this point when i was doing the the first podcast that i did what we really would like now is to know who you are yeah, um, for sure. So the the, the easiest... it was such a buzz getting an email from Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other week. Yeah, I mean, we don't yeah. know this person, you know. No, um, no, and um, no idea who he is, but um, he will always hold a special place in my yeah. heart. So I mean, we we know that people are listening, um, but we would like to know what your names are and what your opinions are, and um, so all interested stuff. on opinions on various episodes that we've covered so far. Um, and and just, you know, your insights on things. I mean, just because we say something doesn't mean it's freaking gospel oh, law oh, or anything. It, it does, Hannah. Don't, don't, don't be humble. Right? <laughs> you cut that shit out, right? No, now. I I would love to hear what other people think and, and you know, um, to think of, think of, like, to hear of a different thought process that I hadn't previously considered would be fantastic yeah. so Ooh, on a connected note i've completely forgotten this um one of the great things about anchor fm is that if you go to our page so if you just search for um anchor fm the rewatch project and you get to our main page um you can leave voicemails on the site oh cool so what happens is if you go uh, on the front page it says that there's an icon that says plus message if you click on that and just talk into your phone, it will record an MP3 message, which gets emailed to us. Oh, cool. So you don't need to have Skype. You don't need to have any um, any of these things. You don't need to phone us. But if you click on that, 
it will just start a um, like an audio message, and you can do that. So go to our Anchor FM page, which you will see on on the um, the show notes for this, and just hit plus message and just talk. Uh, drunk dialers, we don't care. Just fucking oh, get loaded. Bring it on. Take some yeah. tequilas and just send us a message. We don't care. That is us for. Um, well, sorry, this is no, the non-spoiler bit. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, and uh, we will be back. Um, this is, you know, obviously for the ears of the um, the non-spoiler folks. We will be back again next week with episode nine. Uh, see, we're getting through them, Hannah. Of uh, episode nine and ten, <laughs> which is repairs and the bridge. So that's episode nine and ten of season one of Agents of Shield. But only one hundred and forty-four to go. You know what? See, don't don't think of it like that. But if you have seen these episodes before, and I feel like we, I probably should clarify a little bit here, is that don't think that just because you've watched these two episodes, you can listen to the spoiler section. You know, you, no, don't. Yeah, please don't. The, the, the spoiler section, and I, we probably should have been clear about this in the beginning. The spoiler section is designed for people who have seen all seven seasons. Yes, of the absolutely. Show. Because we will be. I mean, it, there was stuff in the spoiler section of episode one of this podcast where we make reference to things that happen in the 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 series finale of mm. season seven. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, really, don't do that. Don't go into the spoilers unless you absolutely do not care yeah. about and like the other thing is that i love a spoiler um so it wouldn't bother me you're but, never happier than when you're getting a spoiler are you yeah but uh when it comes to agents of shield there's a lot of spoilers that absolutely you will not understand or make any kind of sense if you haven't seen the episodes. It's a, yeah, it, it, it's a fucking complicated show. It's a bit like Fringe. It gets to a point where exactly if you haven't seen say. it, you will not understand yeah, what the hell like, is like, going on. If if I'd been halfway through season one of Fringe, yeah. and somebody who had come from the future and said, hey, you know what? In season four of Fringe, blah, 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 I'd have just been sat there going... I have no idea what <laughs> earth you were talking about. You know, like you'd need yeah. like a fucking physics degree yeah. just to know what they were talking yeah. about. But uh, so it, it's very much the same in Agents of Shield. But yeah, just don't go there if you if yeah if you're enjoying it, leave it. Yeah, because it's it's well worth seeing it out in real time. And there's only one other show that I've managed to not spoil myself for that is an older show, and that's Babylon 5. And it's because I knew that it was so spoiler-heavy and, like, you know, exposition-heavy and there was lots going on that I just let it... I let it happen to me because Mike told me that was the way to do it. And I'm so grateful that I we, did. We, we have to do Babylon 5 at some point on this show. Don't I we? think so, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so um, that is uh, it for this week for the non-spoiler folks. However, if you um, are one of the people who I have solicited listening this from the various Marvel and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. message boards and uh, Facebook pages, which I suspect makes up a... Probably ninety percent of our current listenership. Right. <laughs> um, then uh, continue to listen because we will we'll get see into you soon. Some uh, Yeah, we'll we'll see you in the uh, we'll see you in the uh, the cocktail bar afterwards, and uh, we'll uh, for the rewatch project nights. Yeah, things are gonna get weird. <laughs> <laughs> CS3P combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. Well, you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight!
You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? You like the 1980s, don't you? Of course you do. We all do. But have you ever wondered why that decade was the way it was? Have you ever wished there was somewhere you could go to get past the usual day-glow sentimentality? To try and understand 1980s pop culture in a more social, political and historical context? Because if so, it sounds to me like you're ready to go beyond the aesthetics, beyond the nostalgia. Welcome to Beyond the Neon. Beyond the Neon is the podcast that dares to pull over the Testarossa, eject the Wham cassette, and take off the Wayfarers. If you're looking for retro reviews of Back to the Future, The Goonies, or John Hughes movies, you will not find that here. If you're looking for top 10 lists of A-Team episodes, Nintendo games, or Stranger Things references, you will not find that here. If you're looking for long, boring introductions, Squarespace ads, or Patreon begging, you will not find that here. Because Beyond the Neon, we do things a little differently. In each documentary-style episode, I look at one area of 1980s popular culture and break it right down. And each episode features academic insight, guest contributions and interviews, as well as clips plumbed from the depths of the 1980s cultural void. Well, YouTube, mainly YouTube. To help illustrate the wonderful, perplexing, terrifying, joyous and utterly thrilling world of 1980s pop culture. Beyond the Neon might not be as regular as other 1980s podcasts, but that's because Beyond the Neon isn't like other 1980s podcasts. Subscribe to the show today and check out all past episodes by visiting beyondtheneon.co.uk Yeah. I'm clearance level six. I know that Agent Colson was killed in action before the Battle of New York. Got the full report. Welcome to level seven. Sorry, that corner was really dark and I couldn't help myself. I think there's a bulb out. Okay, so we are back into the spoiler section of this review. Are there any um, pressing, spoilery, larger, contextual, story arcy things you would like to mention there, Hannah? Okay, so my big... I have one big spoiler thing, and it's very much a thematic thing, is the whole family connection being such a big theme in this episode. So you have... Simmons not wanting to call her mum and dad. You have Ward remembering about his relationship with his brother. That's such an overarching theme as we keep going mm. because obviously you've got Sky um well, this in her is- quest to find her parents. Yeah. You as as things go on, there is a lot to do, especially in season one a lot to do with Ward's family, like his father, his brother, um, why he connects to Hydra. Um, You know, there's a lot in terms of family connection. And I like the fact that because this episode is surrounded by Ward, like it really is his episode. Yeah, like Sky, this is probably the least... um Involved, she's yeah. been in an episode. But, oh, she's I f- completely- but I feel like the episodes to date, they have focused on one periphery character yeah. to give them a backstory. So, like, you've had the Simmons episode, yeah. but obviously you got more about Fitz in that one too. You've had Sky's episode with her boyfriend hacker boyfriend you know i'm sure may is to come but this is ward's episode this is this is getting to know ward and what makes him tick but, but it's it's only a tease of that though oh it's you, so a tease of you, it you know how we, we were talking in the non-spoiler section yeah. about how uh we'd misremembered this because they go into a uh, very specific detail about the whole um him being in the well and and that's and, that that comes into play when Who's the guy from Alien? Um, it's all the Bill Paxton stuff. Bill isn't Paxton, it? Yeah. yeah. When he's in it, yeah, that comes out. Because what we're talking about here, and, and it's interesting because um, I remember I, I did a training course at a, a there was a college that I worked at in the UK that was um, in a part of Birmingham where it had been seen as a a, a trouble area for um, recruiting 
um, young um, Muslim men Mm. into fundamentalism. And one of the things that you're taught when you work around vulnerable youths in uh, you know inner cities, particularly in the Midlands in the UK, is is this idea of the narrative? Yeah, and the narrative is this um, recruitment element that f- very you know fund. And, I, well, and I'm not talking about Muslims here. No, I'm, so, I'm talking about radicals. Yeah, you know no. who, who use that to get people to do horrible things. Yeah. and. Well, it's, uh, and, it's like white people that use Christianity. Yeah, to yeah, be absolutely. Absolute. Yeah, well, it, it's like I mean, and it's like um, football hooligans mm. versus um, sports enthusiasts. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the idea of the narrative, the narrative is this thing that that they use where there's a, often young men, usually men, mm. who lack father figures, who have some kind of um, emotional baggage that can be exploited and be radicalised. Mm. And that's kind of what you, happens with Ward, is the fact that ultimately, um, and it's a little bit like, um, and this is something that surprised me how well it worked, it's a little bit like Anakin like in yeah. the Star Wars films, like this young boy, he's a, he's, he's a good boy. Yeah, he is. Um, but awful things happen, and mm. people um, abuse the... Um, emotional vulnerability that 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 festers as a result of these awful things that happen and that's what you're seeing this is the this episode's kind of the opening salvo yeah. in in that with uh, with Ward and and I think that and this is where I, I we kind of touched on this very carefully in the non-spoiler mm. section but this is the element of the show that works a lot better on rewatch. And this mm. is the Babylon 5 syndrome that I always talk about, yeah. how when you go back and rewatch a show. The X-Files is a great show for this as well, where um, when you go back and... Like, when you first watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you're... Like, Ward is... He's the meathead. Mm. Um, but when you go back and watch it and you know that he's going to be evil, you kind of watch his character with a greater, more studiously. Mm. And all of the stuff around that, because you know it's coming, has greater weight and complexity and is more interesting. And also, it's there. You know, mm. the fact that, that there came a point, not in the first couple of episodes, I think you and I are starting to kind of agree that there was a point maybe three three or four episodes in mm. where they were like, yep. oh, shit, okay, he'll be the guy, we'll do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's really rewarding on rewatch to watch that. And I think that um, that's a hard job for an actor to do, to be, to yeah. be hired, to be said, okay, you're going to be um, the... Um, you're going to be the Luke Skywalker of this. And then three episodes in, no, actually, you're going to be the Darth Vader. I, I and, just... I. I think Brett Dalton does such a great job and um, he, like, by me, was severely underrated yeah. in the first few episodes. But you didn't and have then, all the information. No, no, but as as his story unfolds, like, that guy has chops. Yeah. Um, and he really does... Because you can see it. ...convey all kinds of things. Yeah. I, I kind of... I love his story as a bad guy. Yeah. Like... You know he's not he's not a bad guy for the sake of being a bad guy. He has a reason for where he's at and what he does yeah. and how his decisions have been made. It's a completely and unique character him, motivation. It makes him more dangerous, I think. Yeah. Um, which which is far more interesting when it comes to a TV show, and particularly when you've got a character like Guy who has like this huge amount of kind of like you know. It's an oversimplification to say daddy issues, but yeah. but you know what I mean. Like she, she's somebody who is a very strong character, but she's searching for a cause. Yeah, but she doesn't kind of know what it is. Yeah, and she's got Colson, who is this very traditional paternal character. She's got Ward, who is kind of showing her that there's other ways of thinking. So it's kind of desirable in that respect. But then you've got the other level of the fact that this guy is basically a Manchurian candidate mm. as well, yeah. and um, and it's kind of crazy. I mean, uh, one of the things that that I talk about, I've talked about with you, Hannah, 
um, when we've watched later seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but with hindsight was there from the beginning, is that this is a crazy fucking show. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it is. Is it, it goes to crazy places and it does shit. That he's actually really brave. It's it's they are not scared. Of halfway through a season, going, oh, okay, we'll 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 kill them. Yeah, we'll make them evil. We'll change their name. We'll give them superpowers. Yeah, and and when you're making just, a show I mean, like that, that takes a lot of balls. I love the fact that they, and this becomes far more apparent the further you get through the seasons, is they're not afraid to wrap a storyline up. Yeah. Um. They don't prolong stuff. They 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 wrap it up succinctly. Mm. And just when you're at a point where you're like, oh my god, yeah. can I yeah. seriously? What's going on here? They finish it. Yeah. They like they and then they've got it. and then they've got like Ghost Rider. Yeah. And you're like, and Yay! Exactly. It's not that they haven't got anything else up their sleeve. Yeah. They're just like, well, this has run its course. And, this is and even the show, right moment. And even shows that I love have struggled with that. Like, I mean, if you look mm. at you know Twin Peaks, pr- probably my favourite TV show of all time, they wrapped up the Laura Palmer case. They were kind of treading water they for a few... They had nothing. They were like, um, um, sh- I can juggle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it felt like that for a few episodes yeah, after yeah. that. But with, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're very good. They, they managed to do that. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I think it's also interesting that you've got the allusions to the kind of da- how damaged um, May and obviously Coulson are as well. So with May, you've got the f- they keep alluding to this trauma, but we know is the fact that the the whole Budapest. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Mm, that's the same note I've got. Yeah. You also with Coulson, they're really not fucking around now. That basically he has been lied to, and I love the fact that he obviously wants to pick the stick up just to see if it gives him any flashbacks to that moment. Yep. It's it's like you can see in his head: is this going to give me any insight into what's happened to me? Yeah, or is this going to take me back into? Crazy early times when I had a bad. But you know why I think he doesn't do it? Why? It's because he knows he has to lead the team, and I think Mm. he's like, you know what? I I I can't lead the team and deal with this shit at the same time. Um, So it's almost as though he kind of a little bit like how Sky sacrificed reading the files on her parents for the greater good. Yeah, he kind of is like. Okay, I'll, I'll deal with that on my own time, mm. as opposed to sucking time away from the shit I've got to do for these guys. Mm. You know, but but I think it's interesting that um, one of the things about this episode, I, I probably could have said this in the non-spoiler section. Actually, is it took me a while to realise is that the show really in the early episode le- leans in hard to Sky being the lead character. I mean, obviously yeah. Coulson's the lead character, but. Sky is the kind of the um, the the protagonist, and this is the first episode that really shows you that it's an ensemble. Yeah, and that and she, I mean, that, that like, she is because she doesn't do much in this episode. Yeah, but, you, you you would never have had an episode in season one of Buffy where Buffy does as little as Sky does in this episode. Yeah, but it is about Coulson and Sky at the end of the day. I mean, if you think of, like. Of all the seasons overarching, it's about them. And in the season finale, when they have that group circle like powwow at the end, the Zoom meeting. At the yeah. End. So Coulson and Daisy are the last ones to leave. Yeah. Well, well so, Coulson's the final character that you see at the end. Yeah, of the show. but they are the last two together, yeah. so they are the main people. Yeah. They are. They, they just are. are. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's fine. Like, you need to know that they are the most important people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether they're important in an episode or not, they are the main people. And that's not an and, unusual... Yeah, but, like, I think what's good about these episodes is what it's doing is giving the team a flavour. So you know... Ward's backstory, you've got some idea of what's going on with May, you're getting Fitz and Simmons more fleshed out mm. in terms of 
obviously they've had an episode which is focused more on them, but now you've got a bit more colour in terms of her reluctance to speak to her parents Mm. and what's behind that. Not that that's super explored, but it gives a bit of flavour to her personality. Interestingly, they didn't touch on Fitz's family and that obviously becomes um, like a major thing in later episodes. He's probably the character who has the least to do in this episode as well. Yeah, I mean, his... Yeah, you haven't learnt much about him yet, and I'm sure that comes. I can't remember when they do the episode about about like his father and his father's expectations. Yeah, I think that that might even. I don't think that's season one. Don't you? I I have a feeling it is, but okay. Well, I I think that's probably that's probably it, really, isn't it? I think I don't think we've got any more. No, uh, I haven't got any more spoilers. Spoilery goodness. Um. So uh, what I will um. This is going to be the first episode as well uh, that we've released as an official part of the uh, uh, Pod Syndicate network. Because uh, I, I probably should have told you this off microphone, but we're now a Pod Syndicate are podcast. We? Yes, oh, we are. Oh, how fantastic! We are. Yes, so we're going to be on the site and our promos. Uh, oh shit! We need to record a promo. Oh, that's not getting done tonight. Fucking hell. Um, oh, maybe it is. I don't know. Oh, I think we should do uh, it. Well, Let's we'll do it. We'll see. Um, so um, I've actually I've written, I've written a little script for this, but anyway, the have we? Like, yeah. Well, no, you... we haven't. I have. Um, uh, so you can, um, you can tell who drives this podcast, by the way. I like. <laughs> I just turn up and like. You say that, but I can see <clears throat> that balance of power changing over the while, like a little bit like how. Um, you know, Joss Whedon handed the show over to Jed Whedon. You know, I I, I can see that happening here because no. um, you know it's 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 easy. You know, you could learn to edit. I can no. show you this shit. You can save I'm, me time. No, I'm so not. I'm sorry. If you want to do it, you've got to you've got to edit it. You've got to do all the fucking work. Yeah, basically. <laughs> sorry. My God. Um, okay. Well, I've um, got two children to look after. This is not. This is not my. Yeah, whereas I, 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 I don't have any children. Hannah's <laughs> <laughs> kids. Like during, I, during the week, you have very much a part-time children situation <laughs> I, going I on. I've got a fucking sweet deal here, guys. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I'll have like a week off work, and then I'll go back to work, and I'll be like, ah, <sighs> oh yes, this is this. <laughs> I'm on holiday now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but no, so um, we are part of the um, Pod Syndicate network, so you can find that at uh, We Are Pod Syndicate. So check out all of the shows. And I'll be, I've been playing promos for the Pod Syndicate shows throughout all of these from the beginning, but we are now officially part of that uh, that network. So uh, uh, what's going to? I can play the uh, Chin Stroker versus Punter promo during the show as well, so I can do that an extra level of a very meta. That's so weird because it didn't even occur to me because I, I've got like a little folder where I've got all of the uh, the podcast promos mm. and I put them in the last episode and I thought oh shit I, I could put I could put the chin stroke I was like what does that even sound like I can't even remember um, but um, but no so go and check out all of those shows as well I think you will probably enjoy them and also check out the site as well because it's not just about podcasts there's blogs there's writing there's music podcasts on there as well now so uh, go and do that specifically the chin stroke versus punter guys are pretty cool um, they are um, they are pretty pretty cool pretty cool pretty cool okay so that's it for this week guys and we'll, we will be back next week so uh, farewell Part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.